Trigger warning, this episode contains various instances of violence. Listener discretion is advised. This is a conspiracy channel. Tape 1. Welcome to the Hush Channel. When it comes to the worst known human experiments in history, Unit 731 is the icing on the cake. Weapons of mass destruction are divided into four categories. Biological, chemical, radiological, and nuclear. Biological warfare is also known as germ warfare. It is the use of biological toxins or infectious agents such as bacteria, viruses, insects, and fungi with the intent to kill, harm, and or incapacitate humans, animals, and or plants as an act of war. In 1925, the Geneva Convention banned the use of biological weaponry. The convention's ban led to Japan seeing biological warfare as a necessary investment, believing that it had to be an effective weapon if they went through all the trouble just to ban it. After a two-year study abroad trip, Japanese Surgeon General Shiro Ishii discovered that in the West, they had their own chemical and biological weapons programs, despite the Geneva Convention. And in 1930, he proposed the idea of the creation of a Japanese biological and chemical research unit. Japan would launch their biological weapons program and in 1931, Japan would invade and occupy Manchuria, which in present day is considered China's northeasternmost region. It is here where the Japanese realized a few benefits of occupying Manchuria. One, the Japanese occupation of Manchuria came with the benefit of being able to create a research center outside of the island of Japan. Two, Manchuria's location would give them access to as many Chinese individuals they wanted and needed for use as human experimental subjects. Three, the Chinese experimental subjects would be at no cost to them. Four, utilizing these benefits correctly meant that they could pioneer the world of biological warfare. From this ideology came the birth of Unit 731, and this unit would not only experiment on Chinese subjects, but many humans from different nationalities as well. Officially, Unit 731 was disguised as the Epidemic Prevention and Water Purification Department, an ironic disguise as it was the exact opposite. In 1936, Emperor Hirohito issued a decree authorizing the expansion of Unit 731 and called for the creation of an additional biological warfare development unit called the Kwantung Army, which would officially be called the Epidemic Prevention Department. Subsectors in major Chinese cities known as Epidemic Prevention and Water Supply Units were built, including Unit 1855 in Beijing, Unit EI-1644 in Nanjing, Unit 8604 in Guangzhou, and a later Unit 9420 in Singapore. All these units fell under the Epidemic Prevention and Water Purification Department disguise and were spearheaded by General Shiro Ishii, who oversaw 10,000 plus personnel. Unit 731 was divided into eight divisions. Division 1 dealt with research on bubonic plague, cholera, anthrax, typhoid, and tuberculosis using live human subjects. For this purpose, a prison was constructed to contain around 3 to 400 people. Division 2 dealt with research for biological weapons used in the field, in particular the production of devices to spread germs and parasites. Division 3 dealt with production of shells containing biological agents. It was stationed in Harbin, which is a city in northeastern China. Division 4 dealt with bacteria mass production and storage. Storage. Division 5 dealt with the training of personnel, and Divisions 6 to 8 dealt with equipment, medical, and administrative units. Unit 731 had branches located all throughout China. Test subjects were selected to gather from a broad range of the population and included 
common criminals, captured bandits, anti-Japanese partisans, political prisoners, homeless people, mentally disabled people, infants, pregnant women, the elderly, as well as those rounded up by military police for alleged suspicious activities. Nobody was saved. Unit 731 staff included approximately 300 researchers, including doctors and bacteriologists. Many had been desensitized to performing cruel experiments from their prior experience in animal research. Medical doctors and professors from Japan were attracted to join Unit 731 both by the rare opportunity to conduct human experimentation and the Army's strong financial backing. After watching footage of the experiments, Professor Yonazo of Kyoto University stated the following. Some of the experiments had nothing to do with advancing the capability of germ warfare OR of medicine. There is such a thing as professional curiosity. What would happen if we did such and such? What medical purpose was served by performing and studying beheadings? None at all. That was just playing around. Professional people, too, like to play. The truth of the situation is that nobody who entered Unit 731 left. Prisoners were usually received into the unit late at night in motor vehicles painted black with a ventilation hole, yet without windows. The vehicle would pull up at the main gates of the facility, and one of the drivers would go to the guard room and report to the guard there. That guard would then in turn telephone to the special team in the inner prison of which Surgeon General Shiro Ishii's brother was head of. Then the prisoners would be transported through a secret tunnel dug underneath the central building leading to the inner prisons. Building 8 in prison women and children, and Building 7 in Prison, the men. Once at the inner prison, technicians would take samples of the prisoners' blood and stool, test their kidney functions, and collect other physical data. Once deemed healthy and fit for experimentation, prisoners lost their names and were given a three-digit number, which they retained until their death. The average life expectancy of a prisoner once they entered the unit was two months. All in all, Unit 731 stripped them of their entire identity. Prisoners were repeatedly reused for experiments as long as they were healthy enough, and at best, it would not even matter if they were healthy enough. If some sort of life was still in them and they could still manage to breathe a bit, even if it were unsteady, that was good enough to continue with experimentation. The prison cells had wooden floors and a squat toilet. Each cell door contained a small window, too small to even peer through. There was a space between the outer walls of the cells and the outer walls of the prison, enabling the guards to walk behind and around the whole of the cells. Inside these cells were people in chains, some moving around, others lying on the bare floor in very sickly and helpless conditions, just barely alive. The inner prison was a highly secure building complete with cast iron doors. Nobody could enter without special permits and an ID pass with a photograph, and the entry exit times were recorded. The special team worked in the two inner prison buildings. This team wore white overall suits, army hats, rubber boots, with pistols scrapped to their side. Whenever prisoners died after the experiments they had been subjected to, a clerk of the first division struck their numbers off an index card and took the deceased prisoners shackles off as to be put on new arrivals to the prison. As far as escapees, in Saichi Morimura's book the Devil's Gluttony, he goes into detail telling about how two Russian male prisoners were in a cell with handcuffs on. One of them laid flat on the floor pretending to be sick. This got the attention of a staff member who saw it as an unusual condition. That staff member decided to enter the cell. The Russian lying on the floor suddenly sprang up and knocked the guard down. The two Russians opened their handcuffs, took the keys, and opened some other cells while yelling. Some prisoners, including the Russian and the Chinese prisoners, were frantically roaming the corridors and kept yelling and shouting. One Russian shouted to the members of Unit 731 demanding to be shot rather than used as an experimental object. His wish was granted and he was shot to death.
Jeff. This testament appeared in the New York Times on March 17th of 1995. Nobody is recorded to have ever successfully escaped Unit 731. Army engineer Hisato Yoshimura conducted experiments by taking captives outside, dipping various parts of their bodies into waters of varying temperatures, and allowing their limbs to freeze. Once frozen, Yoshimura would strike their affected limbs with a short stick, emitting a sound resembling that which a board gives when it is struck. Ice was then chipped away, with the affected area being subjected to various treatments, such as being doused in water and exposed to the heat of fire. Members of the unit referred to Yoshimura as a scientific devil and a cold-blooded animal because he would conduct his work with such stoic strictness. A member of Unit 731 by the name of Naoji Yuzono described in a 1980s interview a grisly scene where Yoshimura had two naked men put inside an area 40 to 50 degrees below zero and researchers filmed the whole process until the subjects died. The subjects suffered so much agony that they were digging their nails into each other's flesh. Yoshimura's lack of remorse was evident in an article he wrote for the Journal of Japanese Physiology in 1950 in which he admitted to using 20 children and a three-day-old infant in experiments which exposed them to zero degrees Celsius ice and salt water. The combination of salt, water, ice, and body heat results in a chemical reaction that causes frostbite and full thickness burns which are burns that extend through and destroy all layers of the skin and often injure the underlying subcutaneous tissue. These are called third-degree burns, of which Yoshimura was intentionally inflicting on children. Although this article drew criticism, Yoshimura denied any guilt when contacted by a reporter from the major Japanese publication, Minchi Shimbun. All the horrible human frostbite experimentations will lead to Yoshimura developing the resistance index of frostbite. In a project codenamed Maruta, which means logs in Japanese, test subjects were prisoners captured in China, Russia, Korea, and Mongolia. Unit 731 disguised itself as a lumber mill and officially documented human test subjects as literal wooden logs. During the Maruta project, prisoners were injected with diseases disguised as vaccinations to study their effects. Before testing prisoners, they would be severely starved by the unit, to the point it was said that a small number of the men, women, and children who became Marutas were also mummified alive from total dehydration. They would sweat themselves to death under the heat of several hot dry fans and upon death their corpses would only weigh a fifth of their normal body weight. To study the effects of untreated venereal diseases, male and female prisoners were deliberately infected with syphilis and gonorrhea. It did not help that prisoners were also being repeatedly raped by guards. Female prisoners were forced to become pregnant for use in experiments. The studying of the hypothetical possibility of diseases that pass from mother to child or vertically transmitted diseases, particularly syphilis, was the stated reason for the torture. Fetal survival and damage to mother's reproductive organs were objects of interest. Although Although a large number of babies were born in captivity, there has been zero account of any survivors of Unit 731, children included. It is suspected that the children of female prisoners were killed after birth or aborted, while male prisoners were often used in single studies so that the results of the experimentation on them would not be clouded by other variables. Women were sometimes used in bacteriological or physiological experiments, sex experiments, and as the victims of sex crimes. The testimony of a Unit 731 guard goes as follows. 
One of the former researchers I located told me that one day he had a human experiment scheduled, but there was still time to kill. So he and another unit member took the keys to the cells and opened one that housed a Chinese woman. One of the unit members raped her, the other member took the keys and opened another cell. There was a Chinese woman in there who had been used in a frostbite experiment. She had several fingers missing and her bones were black, with gangrene set in. He was about to rape her anyway, then he saw that her sex organ was festering with pus oozing to the surface. He gave up the idea, left and locked the door, then later went on to his experimental work. Vivisection is the practice of performing operations on live animals for the purpose of experimentation or scientific research. It was common practice in Unit 731 to stuff a rag or medical gauze into the mouths of prisoners before commencing vivisection in order to stifle any screaming. Thousands of prisoners, including men, women, children, and infants, were subjected to vivisection often without anesthesia and usually this resulted in death. Pregnant women were not exempt. These vivisections were performed on prisoners after infecting them with various diseases. Researchers performed invasive surgery on prisoners, removing organs to study the effects of disease on the human body. Limbs would be amputated to study blood loss. Limbs would even sometimes be reattached to the opposite side of the victim's bodies. Some prisoners had their stomachs surgically removed and their esophagus reattached to their intestines as if these professionals were playing a twisted, drunk game of doctor. Parts of organs, such as the brain, brain, lungs, and liver will be removed from other prisoners. Members of Unit 731 were not immune from being subjects of experiments either. A special team assistant, Yoshio Tamura, recalled how an employee of the 1st Division named Yoshio Sudo was infected with bubonic plague as a result of the production of plague bacteria. The special team was then ordered to vivisect Sudo. The unit would round up 10 subjects and scrap them to wooden planks that were staked into the ground at increasing distances and use them as targets for power pathogen releasing bombs, chemical weapons, shrapnel bombs with varying amounts of fragments, bayonets, knives, flamethrowers, and grenades. These test subjects were strapped and unprotected, resulting in surgery for most but autopsies for the rest. In other experiments, subjects were deprived of food and water to test how long they could survive, while others would be placed into low-pressure chambers until their eyes popped from their sockets. This was done by the unit in the name of studying the relationship between temperature, burns and human survival. They would hang subjects upside down until all the blood rushed to their heads and killed them, crush subjects with heavy objects, electrocute them, dehydrate them with hot fans, inject them with animal blood, notably horse blood, expose subjects to lethal doses of x-rays, place them in gas chambers, inject subjects with seawater, burn them alive, and place them inside machines that rapidly rotated inside called centrifuges, and spin subjects around and around and around until they were dead. In the name of studying chemical agents, the unit exposed subjects to pufferfish venom, heroin, Korean bindweed, bacto, castor oil seeds called ricin, mustard gas, lewisite, cyanic acid gas, white phosphorus, atomsite, and phosgene gas. It was extreme to the point of having an entire building dedicated to gas experiments alone. In one case, a technician testified anonymously that he witnessed a blindfolded Chinese man who had his hands tied around a post behind him inside of a glass wall chamber almost 100 square feet and 6.6 feet high where the man was exposed to a sneezing gas called atomsite. As the gas filled the chamber, the man went into violent 
constant cough and convulsions and then began to suffer excruciating pain. It was so gruesome to watch that after 10 minutes, despite there being 10 doctors and technicians present, the technician himself left the area altogether. In another statement, a former medical worker of Unit 731 testified to having witnessed a Russian man split vertically into two halves then pickled in a large jar of formaldehyde. Home booth-like tanks were used as portable gas chambers for the prisoners. Some were forced to wear various types of gas masks. Others wore military uniforms and some were not provided clothes at all to wear during the study. Chemical weapons would be tested on the imprisoned while implementing field conditions. A report authored by a Unit 731 researcher in the Camel Unit attested to a large human experiment of mustard gas conducted September 7th to the 10th of 1940. 20 subjects were divided into three groups and placed in combat emplacements, trenches, gazebos, and observatories. One group was clothed with Chinese underwear, without hats, without masks, and was subjected to as much as 1,800 field gun rounds of mustard gas over a 25-minute period. Another group was clothed in summer military uniform and shoes. Three had masks on and the other three did not have masks. They were also exposed to as much as 1,800 rounds of mustard gas. A third group was clothed in summer military uniform, three with masks and two without masks, and they were exposed to as much as 4,800 rounds. The symptoms and damages to the subject's skin, eye, respiratory organs, and digestive system were observed at 4 hours, 24 hours, and up to 5 days after the shots. Technicians would inject blister fluid from one subject into another subject, and the analyses of blood and soil were also performed. Five subjects were forced to drink a solution of mustard gas and lewisite gas in water with and without decontamination. Lewisite water also contains arsenic, which is very poisonous to humans. Before we continue to understand just how diabolical these experiments really were, it is important to understand the types of germs the unit was tampering with. Anthrax is an infection whereas the skin swells and blisters and then within the blisters there are ulcers with black centers. There is an inhalation form of anthrax that can occur when a person inhales spores that are in the air. This form of anthrax causes fever, chest pain, and shortness of breath. There is also an intestinal form which causes bloody diarrhea, abdominal pain, nausea, and vomiting. If anthrax is injected into a person, they will develop fever and an abscess at the site of injection. Anthrax is only contagious on rare occasion. However, if anthrax is not treated with antibiotics, it can result in death. Typhoid fever is a disease with symptoms that can range from mild to severe, but what typically happens is bodily fatigue, abdominal pain, constipation, headaches, and vomiting, which can be accompanied by a skin rash with rose-colored spots, and in severe cases, people may develop skin rashes. Without prompt treatment, typhoid fever can spread throughout the entirety of the body, affecting many organs, resulting in serious complications. Typhoid is both life-threatening and contagious, and without treatment, it can last for months. Cholera is an infection of the small intestine with a classic symptom of large amounts of diarrhea that lasts for days, leading to dehydration and electrolyte imbalance, causing a person's eyes to sink in while the elasticity of the skin decreases. 
causing the hands and feet to wrinkle to the point that skin can start to turn bluish. This is commonly accompanied by vomiting and muscle cramps. Water and food contaminated by human feces containing the bacteria of cholera is the typical cause of cholera as well as shellfish. So the infection is typically found in areas of poverty. Cholera can also be airborne. However, it is not typically spread from casual contact from person to person. Cholera results in death in 35 to 50 percent of severe cases that are left untreated. Dysentery or the bloody flux is a type of gastroenteritis that results in bloody diarrhea with other symptoms of fever, abdominal pain, severe dehydration, and rectal tenesmus, which is the inability, sensation, and or difficulty to empty bowels. Dysentery is typically passed on if the feces of an infected person gets into the mouth of another person. This can happen when somebody does not wash their hands properly or at all and fecal matter bacteria makes their way onto food, surfaces, or another person themselves. Dysentery kills 1.1 million people a year worldwide and is highly contagious to the point that doctors recommend quarantining until a person has been diarrhea free for at least 48 hours. Tularemia is commonly known as rabbit fever. It is an infectious disease that causes fever, skin ulcers, and enlarged lymph nodes. All of this occasionally results in pneumonia or throat infections and this disease is typically spread by ticks, deer flies, or contact with infected animals but can also be spread by drinking contaminated water or breathing in contaminated dust. However, it does not spread directly between people. Rabbit fever can be life-threatening when untreated. The bubonic plague is one of three types of bacterial plagues. Seven days after exposure, flu-like symptoms develop such as headaches, fever, vomiting, and swollen painful lymph nodes that occur in the area closest to where the bacteria enter the skin. On occasion, these swollen lymph nodes will split open. If the plague is to spread to the lungs, it becomes known as pneumonic plague, which is much more severe. Bubonic plague can be spread by laboratory exposure and the exposure to the bodily fluids of a deceased infected animal, particularly Mammals such as rabbits, hares, and some cat species. Because of this, the bubonic plague can also be spread by infected fleas. Human-to-human -human transmission is rare. If left untreated, the bubonic plague is deadly, but in modern day, it is a curable disease. Unit 731 and its affiliated units, 1644 and 100, were involved in research, development, and the experimental deployment of epidemic-creating biowarfare weapons and assaults against the Chinese military and civilian population throughout World War II. Plague-infected fleas bred in the laboratories of Unit 731 and its affiliated units were spread by low-flying airplanes over both mainland and coastal Chinese cities from the years of 1940 to 1941. Tens of thousands died. Food water and clothing were purposely infected throughout China. Typhoid and paratyphoid germs were spread into wells, marshes, houses, and the food of Nanjing, which is the capital of the People's Republic of China. During this particular expedition to Nanjing, the germs were infused into snacks and distributed to locals. Shortly afterwards, epidemics broke out. From this, Unit 731 concluded that paratyphoid fever was the most effective of the pathogens used thus far. Tests performed on prisoners with bubonic plague, cholera, smallpox, botulism, rapid fever, and other diseases led to the unit's creation of the super bioweapons called defoliation bosley bombs in 1932. These bombs are considered top bioweapons that cause devastating biological attacks, infect agriculture, reservoirs, wells, and populated areas with anthrax, plague-infected fleas, typhoid, dysentery, and cholera. In 1938, General Shiro Ishii proposed that some of these bombs 
Charles B. designed with porcelain shells. At least 12 large-scale bioweapon field trials were carried out, and at least 11 Chinese cities were attacked with biological agents as a result. Plague-infected fleas, infected clothing, and infected supplies encased in bombs were dropped on various targets. Infected food supplies and clothing were dropped by plane into areas of China that were not occupied by Japanese forces. In addition, poisoned food and candy were given to unsuspecting victims. The resulting outbreaks of cholera, anthrax, and plague were estimated to have killed at least 400,000 Chinese civilians. The unit's researchers, dressed in protective suits, later went out to examine the dying victims. Typhus fever refers to a group of infectious diseases with flu-like symptoms fever and a bodily skin rash that spears the palms, soles, and face in addition to signs of meningoencephalitis which causes bodily pain, light sensitivity, seizures, unusual behavior, delirium, personality changes, and cognitive issues which can induce a coma. Typhus fever's fatality rate for untreated infections is 10 to 40 percent, but chances of fatality increase in people 50 and older. Dengue fever is a mosquito-borne tropical disease caused by the dengue virus. Its symptoms include high fevers, headaches, vomiting, itchy skin, skin rash, and muscle and joint pains. Dengue cannot be spread directly from person to person. However, a person infected from dengue can infect mosquitoes. And those mosquitoes can transmit the disease. Severe dengue can result in shock, internal bleeding, and even death. Infants and pregnant women are more at risk of developing severe dengue. Just north of the People's Republic of China in the northwest Hunan province is Changda City. An attack on Changda in 1941 reportedly led to approximately 10,000 biological casualties and 1,700 deaths among ill-prepared Japanese troops who were killed by their own creation, in most cases due to cholera. Due to the pressure of numerous bio-warfare attacks, in November of 1941, Chinese nationalist, politician, and military leader of the Republic of China, Chiang Kai-shrek, sent a delegation of army and foreign medical personnel to document evidence and treat those afflicted. The following year, a report on the Japanese using plague-infected fleas on Changde was made public. The issue was not addressed by the Allied powers until 1943 when Franklin D. Roosevelt issued a public warning in 1943 condemning the attacks. Outside of a growing political tension between Japan and the United States, whereas World War II was already in progress, the bombing of Pearl Harbor and the United States coming out of isolationism and joining World War II, Japan's other response was to do to the United States what they had already done to Southeast Asia and other territories by that time. Unit 731 scheduled to use suicide bombers called kamikaze pilots to use defoliation, bossily plague cocktail bombs infused with weaponized bubonic plague, cholera, typhus, dengue fever, and other pathogens, and Japanese submarine crews were to infect themselves and run ashore on a suicide mission to infect the United States cities of San Diego, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, California on September 22nd of 1945. This whole ordeal was codenamed Cherry Blossoms at Night. As World War II officially ended September 2nd of 1945, after six years, Japan had surrendered five weeks prior to their scheduled attack, which never took place. The Red Army was the army and air force of the Russian Soviet Federative Socialist Republic who provided the largest land force in the Allied victory of the European theater of World War II. With the coming of the Red Army in August of 1945, Unit 731 had to abandon their work as fast as possible. Ministries in Tokyo ordered the destruction of all incriminating materials, including those in Ping Fang. 
Potential witnesses, such as the 300 remaining prisoners, were either gassed or fed poison while the 600 Chinese and Manchurian laborers were shot to death. Surgeon General Cheryl Ishii ordered every member of the group to disappear and take the secret to the grave. Potassium cyanide vials were issued for use in case the remaining personnel were captured. Skeleton crews of General Cheryl Ishii's Japanese troops blew up the compound in the final days of the war to destroy evidence of their activities, but many were sturdy enough to remain somewhat intact. Among the individuals in Japan after his 1945 surrender was American bacteriologist and military officer Lieutenant Colonel Murray Sanders, who was involved with the United States Army's biological warfare program during World War II. Lieutenant Sanders arrived in Yokohama, Japan via the American ship Sturgis in September of 1945. Sanders' duty was to investigate Japanese biological warfare activity. At the time of his arrival in Japan, he had no knowledge of what Unit 731 was until Sanders finally threatened the Japanese with bringing the Soviets into the picture, little information about biological warfare was being shared with the Americans from the Japanese. The Japanese wanted to avoid prosecution under the Soviet legal system, so the next morning after Sanders made his threat, Sanders received a manuscript describing Japan's involvement in biological warfare. Sanders took this information to General Douglas MacArthur, who was the supreme commander of the Allied powers responsible for rebuilding Japan during the Allied occupations. MacArthur struck a deal with Japanese informants in which he secretly granted immunity to the physicians of Unit 731, including their leader, Surgeon General Shiro Ishii, in exchange for providing America, but not the other wartime allies, with their research on biological warfare and data from human experimentation. American occupation authorities monitored the activities of former unit members, including the reading and censoring of their mail. The Americans believed that the research data was valuable and did not want other nations, particularly the Soviet Union to acquire data on biological weapons. The Tokyo War Crime Tribunal was a military trial convened on April 29th of 1946 to trial leaders of the Empire of Japan for crimes against peace, conventional war crimes, and crimes against humanity leading up to and during the Second World War. Following Japan's defeat and occupation by the Allied powers, General Douglas MacArthur issued a special proclamation to establish the International Military Tribunal for the Far East known as IMTFE or Tokyo War Crimes Tribunal, which was composed of judges, prosecutors, and staff from 11 countries that have fought against Japan, including Australia, Canada, China, France, India, the Netherlands, New Zealand, the Philippines, the Soviet Union, the United Kingdom, and the United States of America. The defense consisted of Japanese and American lawyers. On May 3rd, the prosecution opened this case, charging defendants with crimes against peace, conventional war crimes, and crimes against humanity. While Nazi physicians had been brought to trial for the Holocaust and had their crimes publicized, the United States concealed information about Japanese biological warfare experiments and secured immunity for the perpetrators. The trial continued for more than two and a half years, hearing testimony from 419 witnesses and and admitting 4,336 exhibits of evidence, including depositions and affidavits from 779 other individuals. The perpetrators of Unit 731, however, were exempt from persecution. In 1948, United States held a tribunal in Yokohama, Japan that indicted nine Japanese physician professors and medical students who had conducted vivisection on captured American pilots. These perpetrators were prosecuted. Two professors were sentenced to death and the others received 15 to 20 years of imprisonment. 
Critics argue that racism led to the double standard in the American post-war responses to experiments conducted on different nationalities. From 1948 to 1958, less than 5% of the documents were transferred onto microfilm and stored in the United States National Archives before they were shipped back to Japan. America had granted Unit 731 immunity in the same way they had secretly granted Nazi intelligence immunity for the exchange of intelligence. While the Soviet Union was silent on the issue at the Tokyo trials, they took matters into their own hands and assembled the Khabarovsk war crime trials held in Khabarovsk, Russia in 1949, where 12 top military leaders and scientists from Unit 731 and its affiliated biological war prisons, Unit 1644 in Nanjing and Unit 100 in Changchun, China, were persecuted for war crimes, including germ warfare, and received sentences ranging from 2 to 25 years in a Siberian labor camp. These were unusually lenient by Soviet standards, and all but two of the defendants returned to Japan by the 1950s, with one prisoner having had died in prison and the other having had committed suicide. The United States refused to acknowledge the Soviet trials and branded them as communist propaganda and asserted that the Soviet trials were to only serve as a distraction from the Soviet treatment of several hundred thousand Japanese prisoners of war. Meanwhile, the Soviet Union disclosed to the public that the United States had given the Japanese leniency and immunity in exchange for information regarding Unit 731's human experimentation. Both sides were exposing the truth about the other. And it is believed that the Japanese had also given information to the Soviets regarding their biological experimentation for judicial leniency which was evidenced by the Soviets building a biological weapons facility in Shravslovsk, Russia, using documentation captured from Unit 7 one in Manchuria. Japanese biological warfare operations were by far the largest during World War II and possibly had more people and resources than the biological weapon producing nations of France, Hungary, Italy, Poland, and the Soviet Union combined between both world wars. Unit 731 presents a special problem since unlike Nazi human experimentation, which the United States publicly condemned, the activities of Unit 731 are known to the general public only from the testimonies of willing former unit members. Japanese history textbooks usually contain references to Unit 731, but they do not go into detail about allegations in accordance with this principle. The man behind the fruition of Unit 731, Surgeon General Shiro Ishii, had also been granted immunity. In his last years, he was unable to speak clearly. He was uncomfortable and on pain medication, all of which caused him to speak in a very harsh voice. Ishii had developed cancer of the throat, underwent surgery, and lost his entire voice. His daughter noted that he was an earnest student of medicine to the very end as he documented his physical condition thoroughly. The cancer would be his undoing. And on October 9th of 1959, former Surgeon General Shiro Ishii of Japan died. There really is a thin line between genius and psychopath. End of tape one.